Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series. Your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. We are joined now by Holly Mazaka, who is president of Wealth Advisor and principal at Bartlett Wealth Management in Cincinnati. Now, that sounds very impressive. She has not made me kiss her ring yet. But Holly, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Melissa. It's really a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk about how you help women at your workplace. But first, I want to talk a little bit about as a woman in wealth management, I mean, what attracted you to this industry and has it been an asset to you to be a woman or has there been more challenges than, you know, I don't know, positive things that have happened? Yes. So I found my way into wealth management sort of through the back door, as I feel like a lot of women do in this business. I did study finance and business in my undergrad degree at Indiana University, and I chose finance because I figured it was the hardest. And if I could do finance and I could do pretty much anything. But what I've realized since then is the power of that financial language in the business world. So no matter what business you go into, even if you are a doctor or a lawyer or a therapist, uh, that power of understanding financials is really important. And I think that's something that often gets overlooked. So I started my career at a bank coming out of the great financial crisis and really enjoyed the aspects of helping people go through these really, really difficult times. But over time, sort of shifted more to the institutional side and then hit a point in my life where I realized maybe that wasn't what I wanted to do. I had sort of strayed too far into the finance side of things and had let go of the side of really helping people. And when I came back to Cincinnati, I had been living in Chicago and moved back home to Cincinnati. I found my way to Bartlett Wealth Management. And the reason I'm at Bartlett is because of strong female leadership and the recognition of working for a firm where they are really focused on helping people. And I think that's the beauty of wealth management is recognizing it is a helping industry. You can just use this knack of understanding numbers, understanding finance, having that language to help people reach their goals in life and really do so much more than they ever thought was possible. I tell you, Holly, I'm amazed at the amount of women that I know, even now, contemporaries who are intimidated by the idea of wealth management. And and these are straight women who are married and they just defer to their husbands for a lot of the finance. And so it surprises me even today that we still have that mentality that men know numbers and men are math minds and women just defer to them for that. Number one, I think it's a disservice to women to themselves, but also it puts a lot of pressure on men who may not understand it and, and may not want to take that responsibility in their families. And that should be okay. If they're, you know, if their wife is better at it than they are, they should be able to say that too. Yes, absolutely. I think that's true. And there's certainly an aspect of, you know, we each have our departments, right? When you're running a household and it's hard to be great at all things, but really recognizing the power of the combination of two family members coming together to run a household together and to have a deep understanding of this. And what I have found is if these conversations aren't happening around the dinner table, 
then oftentimes they're not happening because their school system just doesn't focus on this. You might get one elective. I see every now and then that a middle schooler or a high schooler has one elective on personal finance, but we're really not training our younger generations to take ownership and control of their finances. And this is not just women. This is men and women. The reality though is most book clubs I'm a part of, we're not chatting about our finances while we drink our wine and discuss the book. Whereas a lot of men go out on the golf course and they do have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So we have to normalize this. And my friends in my book club will tell you, I do ask about their 401ks at book club (laughs) because I think it's an important conversation to normalize. And that's our goal at Bartlett is to help normalize these conversations and You know, it doesn't have to be a trip to the dentist. It can be a lot of fun, especially when you realize the goals that you're accomplishing. So for a lot of our clients, men, women, you know, it doesn't really matter. They may not really care to talk about inflation and Jerome Powell and the inverted yield curve and valuations on stocks and bonds. But what they do care about is how that inflation impacts their ability to help their kids finance college, Mm -hmm. or if they're going to be able to afford that big family vacation to get all the grandkids together one more time. And so if you can link these big economic issues to what they're going through in their lives, then all of a sudden it makes it more tangible and more realistic. I remember when I was talking about inflation around Halloween, I heard the analogy of saying, you know, it's like your kids with Halloween candy. You let them gorge and then all of a sudden you rip the candy bowl away from them and they are screaming and crying and throwing a tantrum and you wonder why. Like I told you that was too much candy. And I likened that to the Fed and said, that's exactly what the Federal Reserve has done right now is they've ripped the candy bowl away from all of us (laughs) and they're hiking up interest rates and all of us are throwing a big tantrum about it. Well, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you all of my clients who are grandparents and parents, all of a sudden inflation and increasing interest rates suddenly made sense to them. Right. So if we can normalize this conversation and put it in a language that our clients appreciate and understand, I think we'll get a lot more engagement on those topics that matter. Well, I love the fact that you sympathize with your client in, okay, I, I need to educate you and it's okay to be educated. Again, I think for a lot of people who want to be interested and may not be working with someone that makes them feel smart, right? I, I think a lot of people don't feel smart when it comes to money. And it's funny, you know, when you talk about around the dinner table, Holly, I, you know, growing up, my parents didn't talk about money to the children. They talked about money to each other. So my mother was just as financially savvy as my father, but, you know, and her father was a business owner. So, you know, she was able to get that education through, being the daughter and the wife of, of men who were re- really money-minded. But at the same time, their conversations didn't trickle down to the children. So even though they were fiscally knowledgeable, the children, we still struggled as adults growing up, figuring out what to do with money. And that's my sister yeah. and my brother. And so I think it's very important what you said, like parents, even though I don't know why we tend to not want to share money, but I guess it's because we I don't know, we associate ourselves or our reputation or whatever it is based on, I guess, what we do for a living, how much we make. And I don't think we have to share every last thing. And I think that's sometimes what holds parents back is like, well, I'm not going to tell my kid how much I make. Well, 
you shouldn't tell your kid how much you make, but we can have some intelligent conversations to help them put it on their level. And the sooner Mm -hmm. you start forming that money memory and those positive memories linked to money versus negative memories is really powerful as you grow up. And there are some great resources out there on this. There's a a great book called Blue Chip Kids that can help you have conversations in language and terms that are appropriate for the specific ages of your kids. Mm -hmm. And that develops over time, whether you have children who are in elementary school and just starting to do chores and understand about allowance versus kids who are, you know, I have a 12 year old. And so we're talking about You'll be driving in four years. What do you need to do to save for a car? What are the expenses that come along with that? Those conversations evolve and change. And honestly, it's no different than having adult children where a lot of times the parents are still oftentimes unwilling to engage in a conversation about perhaps end of life plans. So across the board, if we can really normalize this idea of having these conversations and being willing to raise our hands and say, you know, I don't quite understand that. Can you go back and help me understand this or help me understand why it matters? We all know this financial industry, we love jargon and we love big words. Yeah. (laughs) And we love to make people think we're super smart by making it really complex. But we say a lot at Bartlett, there's complexity in the analysis, simplicity in the results. Mm -hmm. You should be able to understand your strategy, even if you hire an advisor. And I, as the advisor, should be able to explain to you what I'm doing in your portfolio, how I'm managing your money, why it's working, what's not working, what we're going to do next, and what are the things I need from you as the client to be really successful as we bring the strategy to life. And I think when you combine that, it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. One of the things we've seen work really well also is the idea of learning and community. And thinking of it as it's not education in the sense of a lot of people say like, oh, I hated school. I was never a bookworm. And I get that. But thinking of it as this idea of continual learning and a thirst for knowledge. And you can learn in really fun ways. We think about our children and our children learn through play. Well, Mm -hmm. as adults, we learn in many different ways. So for a lot of our female clients, we've said, let's learn in community where we can come together either on a webinar and sharing back and forth or in person together around a round table where we can discuss a topic because so much of what we learn is not just advisor to client. It's not a one-way street and it's not just client back to advisor, but when you bring groups of clients together and groups of like-minded employees together, there's a lot of perspectives that are shared that help everyone learn from each other. So Maybe one person made a mistake and you don't have to make that same mistake. You know, I just wrote down, I took a note as you were speaking, because you mentioned earlier about book clubs and I'm part of a book club and a movie club. And I just wrote down money club. I mean, why, why don't we have a money club where we just have wine and talk about money and it'd be women. Now I want to, this is a great transition into something I'm excited to hear about. And that's the, we invest program you have, please tell us about it. Yes. So we developed We Invest a couple of years back, and it was really built around this idea that the financial situations for women are unique and they deserve to have a unique perspective. And a lot of it comes from this perspective of wanting to learn in community, wanting to go deeper. 
And there's a lot of misperceptions out there when you look at the perspectives of the female investor where people say, oh, female investors are risk averse. And we don't believe that. When we looked at our clients, when we really dug into the analysis, when a step beyond, when we did our focus groups and surveys, what we found is women weren't risk averse. They just wanted more information. They just felt like they didn't have that full suite of information. So being willing to really sit and have a longer meeting and answer all those questions and leave that space for someone to think and digest before you just blow past onto the next topic is critically important. One of my favorite books is How Women Decide. It's by Therese Houston. And in that, she talks about this idea of women aren't necessarily risk averse, but they are risk alert. And that Mm -hmm. can make women really great investors. But we have to give ourselves time and we have to give others time. And this is really, I believe this is for men and women, anyone who's really newer to that financial realm where they haven't had this responsibility before and they're coming into this for the first time. We have to give ourselves the time and the permission to take a little bit longer to really learn these things and to digest them and understand how they apply to us. Mm -hmm. So we invest is all about sharing in community, building connections, learning those technical things that create that language of finance that I talked about earlier, but also creating that connection and warmth where we feel like we have someone to turn to. And maybe that's not always our best friend, or maybe it's not always our family, but having someone who's maybe been through a similar situation where you can, you can build on that together. Mm-hmm. And now, and you tell me in your research, if this is correct, because as I heard you talk about women needing more information about investing to me, sometimes I think that is my best decisions as a woman is when I can emotionally connect to whatever it is. It goes back to what you said, Holly, mm-hmm. earlier about when a woman knows what her strategy is with her financials, connecting it to that trip, connecting it to that, whatever it is she wants at the end of the line, um, there's that emotional investment, right? So, and again, that's generalizing men and women, but I just know that a lot of times the men I know, if it's, if it's the challenging, that's enough for them. Where for me, sometimes I think I need a little more emotional challenge uh, as well to be really into something. And so I would assume that would translate into my money and wh- how we invest would help me do that. And like I said, a buddy club would help me do that if I yeah. felt money. And I think that's where teaching about money, sometimes it seems so one-dimensional. One-dimensional is a really good word because I agree with you that Women enjoy that emotional connection, and that's why linking it to those things that matter most to them and spending the time to get to know your clients where you can pick up on those cues, where all of a sudden you can say, you know, let's keep this long-term goal out there of going on the dream vacation where you take all the grandkids and your kids to that ranch in Wyoming you've been dying to go to. Mm -hmm. And you can spend that time together. And all of a sudden you can link that back to their values. So really working through this roadmap of wealth where it's not just money for the sake of money. It's not just stacking chips for the sake of stacking chips or to be able to talk about it at a cocktail party. It's connected to those things that matter most. 
And what I find and what the research would support, and, you know, Therese Houston talks about this in the book, How Women Decide, is there really is this two-pronged approach. Women naturally do lean into the emotional intelligence where we recognize cues in the room and that can actually help make everyone better, which is a big argument for getting more women into this industry and working in diverse teams to better serve our clients. On the flip side of that, sometimes when women say, oh, I just listened to my gut, it was intuitive. We should check that a little bit because what the research finds and what I've uh, recognized in my own life is what I say is intuition. I've actually probably talked to 15 people about it. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to my business leader group. I talked to my executives at the office. I shared it with my husband. I talked to my mom about it. I ran it past my book club and maybe all in different ways. But then a month later, I feel comfortable with the decision and I say, it just feels right. Well, it feels right because I did a lot of research on it. And so Mm -hmm. I feel good about that at the end. So this combination of being willing to do that intellectual hard work and data-driven analysis, but then pair it with that emotional recognition and that connection to what matters is so cool. And it just is, that's where the magic starts to happen is when you can bring those two together. Oh yeah. And it would get a lot more women involved, right? And not, like you said, the lack of knowledge and the lack of even where to begin. Uh, I think women talk themselves out of doing anything because they they just don't know where to start. So when it comes to We Invest or anything else we've talked about, is there somewhere that people can go to to find out more information about it? Absolutely. Our website, uh, www.bartlett.com. 1898.com has information on We Invest on there. And that's a great place to get started. We have all of our webinars and old blogs up there too. Um, We are coming up on our 125th anniversary at Bartlett, which is pretty amazing to celebrate this year. And I think back to just how much has changed for women in this industry and for my clients over that period of time and the power of supporting and uplifting women in our economies is really powerful. So together we all win. It's, as I said before, it's not just women, but it's really a very powerful combination of supporting multi-generational growth in families. Well, when somebody's really passionate about what they do, it's contagious. And so Holly, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. And, uh, and you know, thank you for what you do. Thank you for listening to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast or visiting fa-mag.com.